Good morning, everyone. Good morning to everyone that is uh, here, and good morning to everyone that is online as well. Um, we're so glad that you are with us. Wanted to let you know if you are filling out the, or um, getting organizing and purchasing items for a tornado bucket or flood bucket for um, UMCOR, those were due today. So if you took a bucket and didn't bring it back, please bring it back as soon as you can. They were due today, and uh, those go to help people um, that are going to have tornadoes in the future, anywhere in the state of Alabama, and it's a great uh, ministry that we're able to do that. So another great announcement is Pastor Sam is back. That's great. Um, he's going to be starting 40 Days of Prayer, uh, which we're going to learn more about that later, but there's also a book that goes with it, and the book is awesome. Somebody was just showing it to me, but you can, you can journal in it, and it's awesome. I see some people nodding heads. It's a great, great book, and there's going to be... Um, Lots of opportunities to take a class with that as well. Men at the Well are going to do that study. Um, Pastor Sam's going to be doing it on Wednesday morning and Wednesday night. So a lot of great uh, options for that. Um, Ash Wednesday is this Wednesday. And we would love to have you here for that service at 6 o'clock. Uh, you could also come for dinner this Wednesday before the Ash Wednesday service. Dinner is at 5.15 and it's going to be Chick-fil-A sandwiches. But you need to RSVP with the church so we know who's going to be here. Um, we have a multi-age Sunday school class that meets at 10 a.m. If you don't have a Sunday school class home, we would love to have you up there. We have a lot of fun. We're doing a study called Why Easter Matters right now. Um, our coffee uh, area is starting next Sunday uh, in between services where you can just stop by and get to see your friends. Um, and they decided on a name, and it is Hebrews. My cup runneth over was the name they decided on, so that'll start next week. And lastly, I wanted to let you know the flowers uh, up here are in memory of Willie Charles Strickland. Um, they're in memory and honor of him. He would have been uh, 100 years old this week on 2-22-22. So we, uh, that is Susan Copeland's dad that we're honoring and remembering today. And let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful that we can come here and worship together this morning. We pray that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen.
to stand with us this morning as we sing our opening hymn, hymn number 159, Lift High the Cross. Please remain standing and join us in the affirmation of faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
please be seated. Miss Catherine at this time is going to be taking our kids to Children's Church. She's over here to my right and to your left, and they have a wonderful time. Hello, everybody. I'm glad to be back. If I haven't had a chance to shake your hand or hug you or fist bump you, I'm glad to see you today. You look great. All right. You haven't changed a bit, except you just look better. I'm glad to be back. And um, oh, just I just want to take this time to say this is Pastor Andy's birthday, one of our favorite people. He now can get a, a, a discount at McDonald's for his beverages. That's how old he is. No, I don't think he's quite that old, but happy birthday, Andy. We're glad that you're here. We celebrate a lot around here. One of the things we celebrate is the opportunity to give. We do so many great ministries at this church. It's, it's just a wonderful place to be and to serve and to, to grow. And you get a chance to be a part of that uh, by the spiritual act of giving. You can give online. The usher's about to pass the plates. I'm going to say a prayer now over all of the ways that we give. In Jesus' name, let's pray. Lord, you bless us in so many ways. You make us able to give our time and our talents and our treasures to you. And I pray that you would take what we give, and that you would bless it, that you would multiply it, and that you would use it for your kingdom's glory. And we ask all this in Christ's name. Amen.
We are leading into the season of Lent, which begins this coming Wednesday for Ash Wednesday. And we're also leading into a special emphasis on prayer. Our study over the course of the 40 days of Lent is called 40 Days of Prayer. So I'm bringing that up because our prayer time is a great time to invite you to participate in this journey with us. I'll be teaching the study from at 11 o'clock and at 6 o'clock on Wednesdays. Um, one of our Sunday school classes, I think, is going to be doing that. Um, there's uh, the men at the well are doing this study. There are these beautiful um, prayer journals that, that go with this study, and, and you can get one of those and, and journal your thoughts and, and participate in this in that way. Uh, and just pray. This is a time that we really, really need to pray with everything that's going on in our world. Uh, today, as we pray, we're going to remember our own needs. You can go on our church website. You can look at our newsletter by going on your church app or on the church website and look at our prayer list and pray for those folks. We also are going to have a special time of prayer for the people uh, and the churches and uh, all of the people being affected by what's going on in Ukraine. Our bishop has, has sent a letter that that contains a beautiful prayer, and we're going to share it as all the churches across North Alabama Conference are, are, are praying this prayer uh, that comes from our bishop's heart for the people of Ukraine. So we're going to do that today, too. So I ask you to, to remember all of this, and let's enter into the season of Lent and make it a time of transformational prayer. All right? Let's pray. Oh, gracious God, our Heavenly Father, we are so thankful and blessed to be able to worship together today. And we remember those who are not able to do so because of personal health issues, because of time and distance, Lord, and also those who are in fear for their lives today because bombs are falling on their homes even as we speak. So God, there are lots of reasons why we pour our hearts out before you today, but mostly we just want to say, continue, Lord, to provide, to be our, our shelter, to be our provision. God, be our healer. Be our forgiveness. We need your forgiveness, Lord, as we think about the ways that we fail to live up to your glory. And Lord, we thank you for just the joy of being able to worship together. It is so wonderful to be with your people in your house to worship you. We're thankful for those who are worshiping with us online today. And we pray, Lord, that they feel that connection. For all those that are struggling and have needs uh, for all those that are on our prayer list that are more than just names on a piece of paper, we lift them up to you. And now, Lord, we pray this special prayer for the people of Ukraine. Lord Jesus, you said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. And so, God, we come before you today with heavy and troubled hearts about what is unfolding in Eastern Europe. The unprovoked invasion of Ukraine by Russia boggles our minds and grieves our hearts. 
God, we pray for reconciliation in the face of war and violence. We ask you to move among the leaders and influencers of that region and around the world to bring peace. We pray for the people of Ukraine in this moment, and we especially ask for their protection, guidance, strength, and hope, Lord, as they deal with the death and the fear and the destruction that comes with war. We pray for insight and for safety for Bishop Edward, who serves both in Russia and Ukraine as a United Methodist Bishop. Use the church leaders as your instruments of peace in a difficult situation. We lift up to you all clergy, all lay leaders, all congregations, not only of the United Methodist Church, but in other faith traditions in Ukraine and in Russia. And show us, O oh Lord, what we can do to further peace in this and other circumstances. In the meantime, God, we pray, have mercy on us all. And teach us to pray the prayer that you taught your disciples when you said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now I invite you to join me as we stand together and sing our hymn of preparation. It's number 189, Fairest Lord Jesus.
Thank you. Please be seated and take a few minutes and enjoy this beautiful video. Once again, I hope that you will just sink yourselves into this study with us as we go through the season of Lent together. And now I would like to ask you, as you are able to, will you stand for the reading of the gospel? It's Luke chapter 9, verses 28 through 36. Now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly, they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone, and they kept silent in those days and told no one any of the things they had seen. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Pastor Sam, what are you doing? Speaking to us from down there on the floor. Because sometimes you just kind of need a change of perspective and to see things from a different angle, right? Back in the year 2000, uh, a film was made called The Perfect Storm. Any of y'all ever see that? Uh, okay, it was, it was shown recently on TV. Um, it's the story of a fishing boat called the Andrea Gale that goes out from the port, its port in Gloucester, Massachusetts. And uh, it goes out on this big fishing trip. The, the captain, whose name is Billy Tyne, who's played by George Clooney. I think George Clooney is a great actor. My wife thinks he's easy on the eyes. In addition, I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, 
Captain Billy Tyne has been on kind of a losing streak as far as fishing goes. You know how fishing goes. Sometimes you're good, sometimes you're not so good. He's been on a cold streak. And so he talks his crew into going back out and going past their usual fishing grounds, which is uh, around Grand Isle somewhere off of Newfoundland, and uh, go out past that. And, and they go out, and they're like 500 miles out to sea, and then they have a just bonanza, thousands of pounds of fish they're hauling in. Woo! I mean, they're just like filled to the brim with fish, and they're so excited. That's the good news. The bad news is they start to encounter problems, big problems. Big problem number one is their ice machine breaks, and they can't fix it. And they've got all this fish, and their ice machine is broken. So the only way they can get the fish back to market before the fish spoils is to just turn around and just, I mean, just book it all the way back to shore. is full out, okay? So that's, that's what they start, full out, back to shore. And that's when they encounter problem number two, big problem number two, the perfect storm, right? So... This was actually an actual storm. Uh, I don't know if you know that, but it's, if you, you might even remember back in 1991, there was this storm that got nicknamed the perfect storm. And here's what happened. There was the kind of a, not all that an, uh, abnormal phenomenon uh, that the locals called the Halloween Nor'easter. This really, really strong wind that comes in from the west that is met by this high pressure system that's coming in from the north and where these two collide, it just, just wreaks havoc, okay? And so that in itself was producing like, you know, 40 foot waves. I mean, it was really bad storm. But if you add to that, which happened this year in 1991, if you add to that tropical energy coming up from a hurricane coming up from the southeast which hurricane grace was doing all three of those forces met together at one spot and where they collided was the perfect storm and right in the middle of all of those three huge powerful forces was the little fishing uh, not a little fishing boat but the fishing boat the andrea gale that was the situation. And so the reason I'm telling you that is because it's very uh, similar to a situation that Jesus and his disciples find themselves, uh, themselves in, in, in Luke chapter 9 that we just read today. N.T. Wright, one of my favorite Bible scholars, um, tells us that he likens what Jesus and his disciples are going into as he likens it to the perfect storm because he says there's a strong gale blowing in uh, an unstoppable, unrelenting gale called the Roman Empire. And it's on everybody's mind and everybody is all they can talk about the, because they are just dominating the social and the political, not to mention the military reality of the day. They're conquering everything. Add to that unrelenting gale the high pressure system that is Israel and their history and their messianic expectations and all of this that has been churning up in them uh, 
since the time of Moses and all of that pressure weighing down, those two things alone were enough to cause storms and did cause storms and did cause problems all the time in Jerusalem. But if you add to that the, the wind of God, if you add to that Jesus, the Son of God, Jesus who is, is God's redeeming love incarnate, Jesus who comes onto the scene and he's preaching and he's teaching, he's casting out demons, he's, he's feeding the hungry, he's eating with sinners, he's offering forgiveness. He's telling everybody the kingdom of God is here right now. It's among you. And it affects the Roman Empire. It affects the Jewish expectations. And it all culminates in one place called the city of Jerusalem in the perfect storm. And Jesus, Jesus knows that he's going into the perfect storm. He's going to ride a donkey into the perfect storm. He knows it's coming. He's already set his face to Jerusalem. And his disciples are clueless. <laughs> they don't know. Well, here's the situation with the disciples. If you look back Previously in, in chapter 9, uh, he had sent them out. He'd given them authority. He'd given them power and said, go out and, and teach and heal and, and share the gospel and cast out demons. And they did. And it worked. And they were amazed. And they came back and they said, Jesus, it worked just like you said. And, and so it, it, it was great. And then Jesus took them to a, a place and, and they were big crowd of people there and Jesus, they said how are we going to feed all these people Jesus said 5,000 people here and they had 5 loaves and 2 fish and, and Jesus had the people sit down and group and Jesus fed 5,000 people 5,000 people with 5 loaves and 2 fish and they were thinking you know this really is the Messiah and then we went to a place that, that Sheree and I were talking about earlier Caesarea Philippi and Jesus asked them what are the people saying? Who do they say that I am? They said, some of them say that you're John the Baptist, come back from the dead. Some say that you're Elijah or one of the other prophets. And then Jesus looked at them and said, but who do you say that I am? And Peter, bless his heart, got it right this time. He said, you are the Christ. You are the Messiah of God. Okay, high point, right? But right after that was the first time that Jesus told them, look, we're going and I'm going to suffer greatly and I'm going to um, be rejected by the elders and the priests and the scribes. I'm going to be killed and I'm going to be raised from the dead on the third day. And if that isn't enough, if you're going to follow me, then it means you've got to take up your cross and follow. So we're used to hearing that, right? We're used to hearing that, that Jesus was crucified, dead, and buried, and the third day he rose from the dead. We're used to hearing, if you want to follow after me, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. We're used to that as part of our gospel story. For them, it just blew their minds. See, they were a part of all of this great messianic expectations. They, this wasn't what they thought was going to happen. 
They were living every day with the reality of the Roman Empire. They, they were occupying their land, their homes. They knew what they wanted. They knew what they expected. This wasn't it. Blew their minds. They couldn't handle it. It was just too much. So it was eight days after this that um, Jesus did something unexpected. Jesus took Peter, James, and John up on a mountain, right? Why did he take them up on a mountain? Because sometimes you need a change of perspective and to see things from a different angle. And while they were up there on the mountain, they were able to kind of fly above the storm for a little bit. Because you know what? Sometimes you need to have some time away and to fly above the storm for a little while. Hold on to that thought. We're going to come back to it. All right, so up there on the mountain, um, Jesus spoke with the Father. He, he had up close and personal conversation talking with the Father. He had up close and personal conversation with Moses and Elijah. I mean, I mean, time apart can be transformational. The scripture tells us that Moses and Elijah were talking with Jesus about what he must do in Jerusalem and about his departure, literally about his exodus. Can you imagine talking with Moses about the exodus? Well, here's the connection. Moses, representative of the law. Elijah, representative of the prophets. Jesus, the fulfillment of the law and the prophets all together in one place. Jesus, knowing that he's headed into the perfect storm in Jerusalem. Jesus, knowing that it means the exodus for the whole world. That this perfect storm he's going into is God's plan for redemption. To redeem the world who's held captive by sin and by death the exodus and while this is going on Jesus is is transfigured he becomes glowing white one of the reasons that we have white pyramids today and uh, it is one of the reasons it's a transitional Sunday between seasons we are starting the season of Lent next Sunday but one of the reasons it reminds us of the transfiguration of Jesus glowing with God's glory and and Peter, James, and John, they were sleepy, like y'all are now. You're thinking about taking a nap this afternoon. I get it. But because they stayed awake, they got to see his glory. Ha! Ah, they got to see it. And Peter didn't know what to say, but he said something anyway. He said, Master, it's good for us to be here. And he could have just stopped right there. But he did. Peter, bless his heart. Everybody say that out loud. Bless his heart, Peter. He said, hey, Jesus, it's great that we're here. Let's make three dwellings. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Now, what would have been wrong with that? A good church building program helps everybody, right, Pastor Andy? Oh, several things wrong with that. One is 
God was, was leading them not to stay on the mountain, but to go back down in the valley. God still had work for them to do. They couldn't camp out on the mountain forever. And another thing was, the way Peter phrased this, he said, let's build three dwellings, one for Jesus, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Put Moses and Elijah on equal footing with Jesus, and God was about to straighten that out because God enveloped them in the cloud of his presence. And from the cloud, when the cloud, God said, this is my son. This is my chosen Listen to him. Okay, so hold on to that thought. We're going to come back to it too. We have two thoughts that we're going to come back to. But first I need to ask you a question. You who are here, you who are worshiping on, online, I need to ask you a question. Do you ever feel like you're in a perfect storm yourself? You have this strong relentless wind of the world that is is blowing and you don't have any control over it and you're just holding on, right? Every time you turn on the news, it's something else to the point that you don't want to turn the news on anymore. The relentless winds of change blowing across the world and added to that, if that wasn't enough, added to that is this high pressure system sometimes that we're under that, that, that just comes down and we have we have health issues that we have to deal with. we have relationship issues we have to deal with we have work issues we have to deal with some uh, something happens to one of our loved ones and we have that to deal with we have pandemic we have covid we have i mean all of these different things like a high pressure system in our own denomination, we have all these denominational uncertainties. Oh, gosh, what's going to happen at General Conference? Are we going to have General All of this stuff we don't know. We just really don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know what's going to happen. But it feels weighty, right? It still is weighing us down, if we're honest. And then in the middle of all of that, we have the wind of God that is blowing and working in us even still. Even in the midst of, of war and pandemic and uncertainty and change, even in the midst of all that, God's still working. And we feel like we're in the middle of all these three forces grabbing onto the oars of a little fishing boat and we're rowing against 40-foot waves. Do you ever feel like that? Life is stormy and it's stressful, and sometimes we just don't know what to do. A couple of weeks ago, um, I got to spend some time up at, at Duke Divinity School and um, doing the continuing education thing and getting to visit with our oldest daughter. Um, but one of my favorite things that I got to do at, at the Divinity School was to talk with one of the homiletics professors there, Dr. Jerusha. Neil, she is a wonderful preacher. If you ever go on YouTube and find some of the services that she preaches, she, she's just great. Very creative, very caring, very intuitive. She's an American Baptist uh, ordained minister who's married to a United Methodist pastor and she's serving as a homiletics professor at a Methodist university. Okay, 
if that doesn't pique your curiosity. And she's, she's very, very good. But I talked with her, and, and when, I, when I met with her, she, she wanted to know, I, we hadn't met before, and she wanted to know about my life and my ministry and what, what was going on with me right now. And I talked about the, kind of the perfect storm, which is in a, in, in a book that I was studying by N.T. Wright called Simply Jesus, which I highly recommend. And that was on my mind, and, and, and I thought, hey, perfect storm. I know what that feels like. And, and so we were talking about that. We're talking about the transfiguration passage in Luke 9 because I wanted to hear what her, her take on all of this. Okay, how does, it, how does all this come together? And then at the end of our time together, she said something that, that kind of took me off guard. She said, Sam, how can I pray for you right now? And so I thought for a moment and I said, well, you know, just pray that I have the strength and perseverance to keep on keeping on during all of this storm of life right now. And so she prayed for me and, you know, she, she did pray for, for strength and perseverance. And he, she prayed something like this, Lord, Sam needs strength and perseverance to hold on to the oar, right? And to keep rowing even when the waters are getting rough. But then she said this. She said, but Lord, more than that, Sam needs you. The one who walked on the storm. He needs you to come and join him and to step into his boat with him. And it was just a holy moment. Because she's exactly right. That's exactly what I need. Back to the two thoughts that I asked you to hold on to. One was this. Sometimes you need to take some time away to fly above the storm to get a new perspective. Have some time away just to talk to God and to listen to God. If you feel like you're being tossed around, it's not the time to speed up. It's the time to slow down. It's the time to take some time apart, time away, quiet time, okay, away from the noise to talk to God and to listen to God. I, I really, really needed that. I didn't know how badly I needed that until I took the time. And you say, well, I can't, take, I can't take weeks. I can't even take days. I might not even have a whole day. But do you have a few minutes? Could you set the alarm clock and get up a little bit earlier? Or take some time during your lunchtime just to have the calm above the storm, just to talk, just to listen, that's what prayer is, just communing and communicating with God. Have you done that lately? And then the second thought I said we're going to come back to is remember when, when God spoke to Peter, James, and John from the cloud, God basically shushed Peter. He shushed him and he said, Peter, close your mouth and turn your eyes toward Jesus. He is my beloved son, and I want you to listen to him. Because you see, the next day after they went through that experience on the mountain, the next day, here's what Jesus said to Peter, James, and John. We got to come down off the mountain because we have to minister to the people down in the valley. 
Jesus already knew they were going to Jerusalem, already knew they were headed into the perfect storm, and he was leading them there. And the only question was, are we still going to follow this guy? Are we still going to follow Jesus? Even if it means taking up our cross, are we still going to follow him? I don't know what winds are blowing in your life right now. I, I, know, I know some of them because we're all kind of in the same storm, but I don't know in particular what storms are in your life right now. And I have a feeling that even if we were best friends, I wouldn't know everything that you're struggling with, all your internal storms. But I know what I'm going through, and I know that I need Jesus I don't just need strength and perseverance to struggle my way through. I need the one who spoke to the storm and said, peace be still. And there are a couple of things that I think we all need. Back to those two things. Taking time to fly above the storm. Time to spend in prayer to let God transform us from the inside out. And then the second thing is to close our mouths and turn our eyes to Jesus and listen to him. To follow him. Follow the one who walks on the water. Follow the one who speaks to the wind and waves. Time apart to pray. Follow Jesus. That's it. That's all I got. You say, Pastor Sam, you were gone for a month. And you get back and all you could say to us, the best you could say to us is take time apart to pray and follow Jesus and listen to him. Yeah. That's the best I could ever say. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, sometimes we have a hundred thousand voices yelling at us from all sides. Give us the grace to just listen for your voice. And sometimes we have forces that are pulling us this way and that and feeling like we're being pulled apart. Give us, Lord, the wisdom to take time above the storm, to talk to, to listen to you so that we can be transfigured as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, our closing hymn is Jesus Calls Us or the Tumult. And it's number 398. And as we, as we have this, uh, this closing hymn, it is a hymn of invitation. And the invitation is for you. If you have a prayer need, you want to come and pray at the altar then you can come and pray at the altar. If you want me or Pastor Annie to pray with you, we'll pray with you. But pray, okay? And sing and listen to the words of this song, this beautiful hymn, 398. Let's stand together.
now you hear this benediction. Our hearts have no desire to stay, O Lord, where doubts arise and fears dismay. Though some may dwell where these abounds, our prayer, our aim is higher ground above the storm. In Jesus' name, amen.